What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack Manis. And you're listening to the 175th episode of the Hogline Podcast. Welcome, folks. Welcome. Jack attended the Penguins game tonight. They lost 3-2. to two. It was uh, Ben Roethlisberger with the ceremonial guest of honor for the uh, puck drop in the beginning of the game. What was the atmosphere like? It was great. It's just like a Steelers game, except on ice. Yeah, perfect. Uh, and he was pre- you were pretty close to him. You sent us yeah, in pregame. We went down to warmups, and he was like right. It's hard to describe exactly the situation, like the stadium, but he was like right near us, like below us. I'd say like fifteen feet from me. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um. But we are not talking about hockey today. Uh, we are talking about the NCAA tournament. It came and went so fast. I feel like it just started, but now we're down to four teams. Uh, UNC, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova play in the final four on Saturday night. And the winners of that game will face off in the championship game on Monday night um, for all the glory. But today we're going to recap kind of um, – our best, our favorite, or I don't know if you, I, I, I wrote down the best moments of the tournament, not my favorite necessarily. I don't know what you did, but. Yeah, I, I'd say I wrote the, my, I have my top three. I, I have games, top three games. Okay. I don't necessarily have games. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second here. But anyway, Jack and I will be giving you our top three best moments of the 2022 NCAA tournament, followed by we've compiled our what we would judge an all tournament team at this point um, up until the final four. So we're going to give you our starting five and a sixth man there. Uh, Jack said he is thoroughly prepared for it. So I want to hear what he has to say on, on his six guys. Then we'll be giving a a kind of a mini final four preview. Um, Like I said, it's on Saturday night, Duke and UNC playing for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. That's pretty hard to believe, but they said that a billion times in the broadcast. Um, you know, still would have rather see the Peacocks in there, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I went back and forth before the UNC St. Peter's game. Like, I guess we'll jump right into it. I St. Peter's, they obviously rooting for them, and they're 
an incredible story. Like, obviously, like no doubt. But like every game they play, they're just noticeably worse than the other team that they won. They kept winning those first three games. Um, I was just, I'd imagine, I don't know. I was just waiting for it to come to an end, which it came to a screeching end against UNC. And I just seeing a Duke St. Peter's final four. And I have, I would have a feeling that it would, it would have gone the same way as the UNC game did. Uh, I am glad that it is Duke UNC, but it would have been cool. All right. Well, we'll get into our our top three best tournament moments here. Uh, I guess we can go three, two, and one. um, And you you can start with your third, your third top moment, or I guess for your sake, game of the tournament so far in this, uh, this March. Um, My third game I have is Arizona TCU the second round matchup. Um, although we were on the losing side of it, I, I placed a future on TCU to make the final four. Um, we were all rooting for TCU in the room uh, and TCU hung in there the whole game. It was a great game back and forth. I'd say Arizona had probably had the lead most of the game, but TCU kept it close. They jumped up to the lead at the end. Um, ultimately the game was a very, very close finish. And there was, Arizona is on a fast break that could have won it if he maybe laid the ball in and said he tried to dunk it and clock hit zero. The rim was red or the backboard was red when a ball was still barely in his hands. Um, so that sent it into overtime. Um, it was a, a very high scoring. Well, it went to overtime, but 85-80 final. Um, just a really good game, uh, although not the outcome we wanted particularly and maybe – most were rooting for if they're rooting for upsets. Uh, but it was a great game. And uh, yeah, shout out TCU. I had them in my Elite Eight, my bracket. And also I had a future of them going to Final Four. And I guess they were out in the second round. So you could say they were a disappointment. But I am still proud of those two picks I made because I think TCU is a really, really good team. Um, they had a different matchup. Could end it differently for TCU. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, you just preface it there in the beginning, but I did pick TCU to upset Arizona. I didn't have them in the Elite Eight. I had them in the Sweet 16, uh, losing to Houston. But like you said, I mean, you take a one seed to overtime. I know it's it's not definitely, certainly not the outcome you would like and hope for. But, you know, you have to be proud of yourself. You gave them a good fight. TCU was a really solid team, tough out. And, um, you know, Arizona ended, ended up losing the next round anyway. So, yeah. you know, they gave it, they gave it all they, they could. So um, I also placed money before the game on TCU money line. So I was extra hoping for it anyway. Um, but, right. you know, bracket aside, because, you know, I mean, that me and you are probably the only people that picked that. I mean, I, I haven't gone back and checked in all 51 brackets in our, in our uh, podcast pool, but, I have to imagine that was, you know, it, it probably was just us two. So mm-hmm. definitely could have given us a nice advantage. Ultimately, it didn't matter because uh, both of our champions are out. But, you know, wait, you have Villanova. Yeah, I, if Villanova wins, I come in second. Oh, sorry. My, my, my apologies then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I will come in second in another pool. Uh, but unfortunately, there's no second place prize money in that one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So that's your third best game of the tournament. My, so my third best moment, again, this is why I said not my favorites. I said the best. I said Rutgers, Notre Dame, double overtime, first four game. That absolutely ripped my heart out. That game was a nail brighter from start to finish. And both teams played amazing. Caleb McConnell had the best game, I think, of his season. And definitely on the offensive side. I think he had his career high in points in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's always he always plays fantastic defense. Ron had that bang three. I think it, I don't know if that was to send it into overtime or double overtime. I can't remember. It was I'm trying I to block it out was of my to, mind, but it was to tie it. I don't know. Like Rutgers kept hitting crazy shots. I I lost track of what shot meant what, but yeah. Right, and uh, Atkinson had a fantastic game. I told mm-hmm. you after the game how he, it didn't seem like he should be beating us, but somehow he just did. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's good, but I, no, he's good, but like he doesn't look like he's good. If that makes yeah. any sense. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Notre Dame players. Yeah, Notre Dame ended up beating Alabama in the first round. I think we could have done the same thing. I mean, we hung right yeah. there with Notre Dame. It could have literally went either way. Um, but you know, even though. Like I said, I ripped my heart out, but I can't deny. I mean, that was exactly how you wanted the tournament to go. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was great, great first four action. And uh, I don't know. I had to put it in my top three, even though it just was, you know, terrible moment for me. But if right. unbiased or moving fandom, you know, that that's that was an objectively fantastic basketball game. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even think like definitely at the top of their game i didn't even really consider the first four i don't know why i mean that game was incredible um that's kind of like an impartial fan rooting for both sides um yeah that should definitely be in the top three i'll go with my two um baylor unc second round game second round matchup um unc had control of the entire game <clears throat> but well i'd say not the entire game up until manic got uh ejected which that completely, completely turned the tides on the like momentum shifted like the complete opposite. Um, at one point, UNC had a 26 point lead, I think was the highest. And with, I think it was like 10. When did do you remember the time he got ejected? Was it like 10 minutes left in the game? Maybe like it was around 12. 10 minutes. And then I think the comebacks. Like, I think the largest deficit was around eight and a half minutes or something like that. Yeah, at 26 points. So um, that's when Baylor really stepped on the gas. Uh, UNC could not inbound the ball. Like, the defense, the, 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 the press defense that Baylor was playing was just incredible. Um, like, I've never, I honestly don't recall a team being so incapable of inbounding a ball. Um, it's, yeah, it was it was something to watch. Baylor uh, came back and sent it into overtime. Ultimately, their luck ran out. UNC pulls away, and they're in the Final Four now. Um, crazy game. Definitely my number two. Yeah, I mean, that, that's clearly the number two. It's what I have written down as well. I have Baylor almost coming back from a 20, is it 25 or 26. Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, point deficit and forcing overtime. And, yeah, I mean, I just – the fact that UNC made the final four makes this even crazier how it could have gone either way. Um, getting it all the way back to overtime. 
And I think a moment that will that I'm I'm not going to forget is Leaky Black throwing it against the backboard. Yeah. <laughs> If anyone was watching that game, they certainly know what I'm talking about there. But that was just a bizarre. It was a pass. I guess it was trying to be a pass, but I don't. I don't know what that was. But anyway, um, yeah, crazy game. And you know, I was watching it at your house in Pittsburgh with you know eight, eight, eight or nine other people. Definitely a great env- environment to like. If I was just watching it by myself, I mean, still obviously I probably would have gone crazy by myself and like been yelling and screaming, but just the fact that you're watching it with a group of other people, I think just really amplifies the experience of that game. I'm going to look back at that and just going to think of all of us going nuts whenever, you know, can they do it? Like they cut right. it to 10, like, I don't know, like <laughs> yeah. getting close. And then like shot after shot, like the, the, the closer that they get and the, the more they're chipping away, just the, the excitement just intensifies. And there's, that's, that's the epitome of March madness right there. That, that was, that was fantastic. Um, I mean, I don't know if we even have to say what number one. We all know what number one is. I mean, yeah, unprecedented stuff. St. Peter's Peacocks, they beat Kentucky in the first round. You know, I mean, it, that's not super uncommon. I feel like, wait, yes. I, I, believe that, I believe the. it's not super uncommon. I think that's correct. Um, I believe the 15 has beaten the two seed 10 times. This is the 11th, or maybe this right. is the 10th. And, I mean, it's happened it, a handful of times. We've seen it, yeah, definitely over the past. The past the 10 day. years, it's happened four times, which I it seems like a lot. I mean, at least four times, because obviously this, Oral Roberts last year, Florida Gulf Coast in like 2013-ish, and then 2011 or 2012 was Duke Lehigh, I think. Right, but there was also a, uh, didn't Missouri lose as a two-seed one year? I don't remember. In the past 10 years? I believe so. Yeah. I can look it up. Right. So, I mean, the point is, I mean, it's, it's, it's happened, but there's only been two other schools other than St. Peter's to make it to the sweet 16 as a 15 seed and no team has made it to the lead eight. So, I mean, you know, they just captured the nation's attention and Everyone, you know, we we said it a little bit at the beginning of the show, just how long can this Cinderella Cinderella run last for? Um, and it, as Jack said, he described it perfectly. It came to a screeching halt uh, in the Elite Eight because that right. game was that game was over as soon as the ball was tipped. In my opinion, I watched it from start to finish, and there was no point whatsoever that St. Peter's like had any sort of positive momentum. Um, so it happened nine times in history, and. Of those nine times, five in the last 10 years. Um, okay, was it right? Was Missouri one of them? Sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six in the last. Sorry, this is the 10th time, St. Peter's over Kentucky. And six of those times in the last 10 years. You're correct. In 2012, Norfolk State beated, beat, beated, beat Missouri um, the same year. as two fifteens one in the same year. Lehigh beats Duke. Wow. Um, yeah, and 2013, Florida Gulf Coast beats Georgetown. And then we forgot that uh, the Middle Tennessee over Michigan State 2016. Yeah, so, I mean, there's not really much else to say. I mean, they played great defense, um, and they just they took teams by storm. I mean, that Kentucky game, I, I saw it in beats, bits and pieces, but obviously I, when the upset was kind of brewing even more in the second half, um, 
I went to a local bar that's two minutes from my, my apartment and you know, I was eyes were locked on that TV and uh, yeah, just crazy stuff. I just, I couldn't believe it happened. So um, you got any honorable mention games? Uh, yeah. I mean the TCU Arizona one that you mentioned, that was, that was a great game as well. Um, I'm just going to go back and look at the, the bracket just in case I, to jog my memory a little bit because you know clearly there's so there's so many games a lot of basketball right. that has been played but yeah I'll, i have down the miami auburn second round matchup uh is a two-point game i believe um the st peter's purdue game i just had written down in the sweet 16 that was a really really good matchup i mean st peter's almost beats another two seed in purdue it was, it was a three seed so that's that's impressive and that was a really really close game. I think it was what 67, 64 final. Um, those are the two I had written down that came to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm just looking back at here at a couple that Richmond, Iowa upset in the first round was a really good game. Yep. The, I mean, I, I didn't get to see any cause I was driving to Pittsburgh during the time and it wasn't a good game. But that Illinois Chattanooga game was so ugly where both oh, teams yeah. shot terribly, but it ended up being a one-point game. And you said Illinois only led for, I think, 25 seconds of game time or something right. like that. Yeah, no, Illinois did not deserve to win that game at all. Yeah, so that was kind of an ugly one. Uh, and I didn't really get to see this one because I was watching – there was four games. This is one of the times where four – it was, you know, it was at the nighttime, so there was a lot going on. Um and there were only three TVs available at the bar. Um, but And this was the game not on. But it was the San Diego State-Creighton game. Because uh, Creighton came back. Mm-hmm. I think that was another large deficit game. Made it go to overtime. They ended up winning by three. Yeah. And that really hurt me because I had San Diego State in – I did three brackets for three different pools. One of them, I had them in the final four. So that, that was a kick in the nuts right there. But, but yeah, that was a, another exciting game as well. Um, but yeah, oddly enough, I don't, if I'm not mistaken, has there been a buzzer beater in this tournament? No, I don't think I was, I was looking at all the games and I don't, there hasn't been a buzzer beater to win it. I mean that the Notre Dame Rutgers, that was with like one second left, I think. But, yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll get one in the final three games here. That'd be Hopefully. awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's time. Oh, another thing I wanted to mention before we say our all-tournament teams is that my trend of uh, seven seed or lower making the Final Four has lived on, yeah, and now it's has. nine out of the past ten years. It's been a seven seed or lower. It seems final. odd because of the names in it, but UNC was an eight seed, so right trend lives on. All right. Uh, all-tournament team time. Should we go one by one, or do you want to just read all your five and kind of say, or like, how do you want to do this? I, w- I prefer to go one by one, then we'll just recap at the end. Okay. All right. Who's your, uh, I mean, did you go positions or you just kind of just did the five best? No, I did positions, yeah. two guards, three forwards and a bench. Okay. I have one guard, three forwards, a center, and then the six man. Okay. Oh I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, a lot of these guys are, interchangeable you know i mean they're, they're forwards but they've got guard abilities so it's it kind of all blends together kind of but yeah i do technically my f- three forwards are all power forwards but anyway it doesn't matter okay well i really wonder how many of the same we're going to have i think this is going to be interesting but go okay. ahead who's your first guy uh i'll go with my first guard i have jeremy roach okay. um 
about averages about 13 points per game for the four games he's played. Um, almost four assists per game and shooting uh, over 50%, 51% from the field as a guard. I find that very impressive. That member had that stat pre-tournament about only a handful of guards have done that for the entire season. Um, granted, there's only four games, but just watching him play, he's been playing great uh, for Duke, leading them, I guess you can partially leading them to the final four. Um, yeah, so he's my first pick. I mean, not my... One one on the team, just, I just you, the man. first he's, one. He's one of your guards, I guess. Yes, yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, that that's a good selection. Definitely, he's had a, a very good tournament. Um. I'm picking Remy Martin of Kansas. Okay. Uh. He's averaging 16.7 points per game in the four, in the four games of the tournament, and he's shooting 55. percent Um. And I think he's really picked up the slack because uh, Okaya Baji has he hasn't had. I mean, he's played okay, but he's not played up to the standard he has in the regular season so far. He's been kind of, you know, slightly inefficient, not scoring quite as much. He's doing, you know, enough because clearly they're still alive. Um, and Kansas has kind of really, over the past two games, really picked up their defensive play, um, whereas the regular season they were kind of not the best defensive team. Um, but, you know, anyway, back to Martin, I just think he's picked up the slack uh, because I think he, in the regular season, I think he only averaged like eight or nine points per game. So he's definitely having a great tournament mm-hmm. and um, giving them a much needed offensive boost when their their star isn't quite playing up to par. So I think Remy Martin definitely deserves to be in here. Yeah, he's my other guard, Remy Martin. Okay. Um, <clears throat> for all the reasons you said, I think he, I have down here, he's averaging six rebounds per game as a guard. He's coming off the bench. No, he's not starting. Um. I'll verify, but you can continue. I check the boss score for every game. He's not loose in the top five. Okay, um, then, then he's not. Right, so he's coming off the bench. And, uh, yeah, I checked. He hasn't been – I think he started – I think it was like 13 of the 30-ish games. So, I that's pretty impressive. So, uh, yeah, he's my other guard. All right. Um, my next player is Paolo Boncaro. Uh, he is averaging – 18 and a half points, seven rebounds, and 3.8 assists in the tournament in the four games. Um, I mean, he's pretty much doing what he did all year and just even elevating it a little bit as well um, under the bright lights of the, of the NCAA tournament. Uh, he's a freshman, so it's just really impressive to see what he's done all year and continuing in the tournament. Um, the stage was definitely not too big for him. And he's in uh, he's in firm consideration for that first overall pick. I mean, there's a couple yeah. guys you can uh, you can point to there, but I think this has definitely solidified his case in that conversation. He definitely belongs, and I think he'll definitely be a top five pick. In, top three, in number one. So yeah, uh, he's my next he he's my next uh, player, Paolo. Um, also shooting above fifty percent. Uh, that most notably, I think his most notable notable performance was against Texas Tech. He just would not miss from three. He missed one. He went five of six. He had five threes. It had 22 points. He led Duke in scoring um, three of their four games. Only one he hasn't was the Elite Eight matchup against Arkansas, which he still had 16. Um, yeah, I I think he's who, I mean, I it's, I think it's, Varies situationally who you should go in the draft, but I think he's the best best talent 
to go one one. Yeah, he's 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 really really good. So yep. Yeah, I mean he he could be the most outstanding player in this final four. Um, right. He'd be the best player still alive. So in this not not alive, but you know what I mean. Still not eliminated in the tournament. But yeah. Um. All right. So my third player is Armando Baycott. Um, averaging 16 and a half points and 15.8 rebounds in the tournament and including a, I mean, a ridiculous elite eight game. He had 20 points and 22 rebounds. I know it was against St. Peter's and, you know, Mm -hmm. he's more athletic than everyone on their team, but still, I mean, a 20 and 20 game in the elite eight is just insane. And I mean, he just, he's, he's going off. I mean, he's 16 Mm -hmm. rebounds. He's averaging a game and not, I mean, they, they play. Baylor, um, Marquette, and who is there? UCLA. And UCLA, right. So, I mean, Baylor and UCLA, UCLA are – I mean, UCLA was my title team. Baylor's the defending champion. So, I mean, he's right. just uh, – not much to say. He's just an absolute beast. Yeah, I got him next, too. Um, average 16 and 16. And, yeah, leading – I don't know if you can say leading – um, um, never mind. Um, just yeah, four impressive performances. He went 17 and 10 points and rebounds, 15 and 16, 14 and 15, 20 and 22. Just very consistent uh, scoring as well on top of rebounding. Although it was re- averaging 16 rebounds a game is in- insane. So he's my other forward. Right. Um, and I'm 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 certain you have to have this guy as your last guy. Um. I mean, I have two more people to say, but I think you only have one more. But Brady Manick, right? I don't. Oh, okay. I mean, that that's a snub in my opinion. I think Brady yeah. Manick averaging 21.5 points per game, eight rebounds, and he's shooting 47% from three. And I believe he's 16 of 34 um, in the four tournament games. He is absolutely unconscious from deep right now. He can't miss. And he was ejected for half of a half too like he would have had even more points in that game and that game, he had 26 that game yeah and he got ejected with i mean he probably played what like 20 only probably played 20 minutes of game time 21 minutes so mm-hmm. yeah I don't, I don't know how you don't have him in your tournament team the only reason why well it was it was really hard that's what i struggled with i didn't want to take he's not even so on he's not even on your six man no oh god i didn't want to even i didn't want to take to front court of UNC. I wanted to expand a little bit out of the four, out of the four final four teams. And it was really hard. My other two guys did not make the final four, but okay. Yeah, I only have I have two left, and one of them um is in the final four, one's not. Yeah, I mean I he's playing incredible. Uh 28 points, 26 points in a game that he missed a good portion. Yeah, he missed the last 10-ish minutes and then also overtime. So he could have, I mean... And that game would have gone to overtime if he was still in there, but yeah. I that's true. Um, yeah, and then at 13 and then 8, 19 yesterday against St. Peter's. So, um, yeah, I have another tournament. He's averaging 21 and a half and eight rebounds per game. Yeah, he's he's playing great. And I you... I'll fully admit it's a snub. It was really hard to make this list, but um, I my next forward I have is Drew Timmy. Okay. 
Um, you know, you check his game log the past the the three tournament games he played. He averages twenty seven point three and eleven point three. He averaged twenty seven and eleven over three games of tournament, although they lost um, to Arkansas. I um I had to put him in. I just I mean I just wanted to put him in. Where do you think he goes next? What's the future for Drew Timmy? Australia. You think you don't think team takes a second round pick on him? Or like a G League? Like a- I th- he should return. He's only a junior. Is he? He might return yeah. then. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of good in that decision. But then for what? Work the NIL um, and and just want to try to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, he's probably making more money playing overseas than NIL. I know, but get some money, win a championship, and then go play overseas. Gonzaga's go- sort of in trouble, though. You know, they don't have a single top 100 recruit, which is not good. Yeah, that's not good. Right. I mean, if Drew Timmy stays, they're still going to be Chet's going to be gone. They'll be relevant, obviously, in their conference, but I don't know. Interesting situation. But I, I, did, not, I did not know that, though. That, yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's definitely certainly not good and something to monitor going forward. Um, I have Chet Holmgren. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think that's – okay, why? I mean, he averaged 13 points, 13.3 rebounds, and 3.25 blocks in the three tournament games, including a seven-block game. He affects the game in so many ways. And, I mean, I've been skeptical about how he'll do in the NBA, but he's just so interesting to watch, so – that's fair. I just think I know it's not, you know, he's not going to put up the pro- prolific scoring numbers that a lot of these other guys have, but I mean, he's just he's so fascinating and he played really well. He did. He did. I just think Drew Timmy's more impressive having a 27-11. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think he's more valuable to Duke. What? Gonzaga. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say Duke? <laughs> I mean, I think I was looking at Duke in my paper. All right. So do you have a six-man for Duke then? No. Okay. Uh, my six-man is a Villanova representative. Okay. It's Jermaine Samuels. Yeah, he played really well in the – I think it was the um, – who did they play in the Sweet 16? You don't even have to say an opponent. He's played well in every game. But in the Sweet 16 – um, the one game he had 22 and seven. I think it was his career high at the time. They play in the Sweet uh, No, Houston Lee Day. Who they played before that? Ohio State. Why don't I remember? I've watched every game so far. I know. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, too. Okay, I got it. Um. Oh. Duh, Michigan. Yeah, you hate this team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah that that yeah, was the game I was most impressed by, but yeah. He, he, he's been their most consistent player. Um, in last, whatever day that was, on Saturday, 
against Houston. Houston really game plan to take Gillespie out of the game. And Houston's just a very physical team. And I mean, just take Gillespie's size and frame. He's it's just tough to keep up with that physicality at that size. So he was uh, mostly a non-factor offensively, Gillespie was, and Jermaine Samuels picked it up. And he's been consistent every game. Jermaine Samuels um, against Delaware, 15-9. and nine. Um, And then against Ohio State, 17-8. and eight. Michigan, 22-7. and seven. And then capping off uh, in Houston, 16-10. and 10. So that's an average of almost 18 points per game, eight and a half rebounds per game, and shooting 63% from the field. Um, and it's not just offensively. He's – Justin Moore is probably their best defensive player. Um, I mean, he usually guards their best player, but Jamie Samuels is very, very good defensively as well. He's very athletic, long arms. Um, I felt I he was the same recruiting recruiting class as Gillespie, so uh, I've had an eye on him for a couple of years now, and I I like him. Um, he's developed, he's improved a lot over the past couple of years, and I really wanted to put him on my team, so he's a reserve. Okay. Yeah, good pick. Can't fault you for that. Um, that that elite eight game against Houston was very ugly. So yeah. Um, I I don't know if I heard this correctly, and I don't know if you did or if if it's wrong, you can correct me. But was that the lowest scoring elite eight game ever? I don't know. I, I haven't think, heard. That. I think I heard something that it was. Could be ninety four points. I think it was fifty to forty. Yeah, fifty to forty four. Could be. Um, my sixth man, someone that you probably haven't considered, but I'm going with Jalen Williams forward from Arkansas. He averaged 14.25 points per game and 11.75 rebounds in his four tournament games. He had a double-double in every game. Uh and in that second round game against New Mexico State, especially, uh, that was a game where Arkansas shot 27% from the field and 18% from three. And he was the go-to guy offensively. I mean, he had, and, and on the defensive end as well. I mean, he had, he had 10 points and 15 rebounds and three assists. So he was the spark plug in that game. And again, another stat, which I'm not quite 100% sure of, but I think he leads the nation in taking charges. Mm. Good stat. Gritty stat. So, and I think Eric Musselman has that wall of all the charges, I think, and it's just all pictures of, like, him just taking charges. Um, so, he, I don't know. I love Jalen Williams. I think he's, like, a very underrated player on a team. And, I mean, Arkansas, they, they have guys like J.D. Note and um, Stanley Muti. Like, they have guys that can score the ball. Um, and and not that Williams can. He averaged almost 15 points in the tournament. Um, but I just I think he's such a fun and important player for a, cha- a championship team. Like I had Arkansas going to the the Final Four. Obviously, they were one game away. But I think he's that type of guy that he he's just like a, I don't know. He's just like a perfect player in my opinion. Like. I just, I just really enjoyed watching him. I think he played fantastic. And, you know, I think, you know, there's definitely guys that you could put over him, but if this is a real team, like, I think he'd be the perfect six man. Yeah. So. All right. 
uh, recap your uh, your team. I got Duke guard Jeremy Roach, Kansas guard Remy Martin, Duke forward Paolo Bancaro, Gonzaga forward Drew Timmy, UNC forward Armando Armando Baycott, and then uh, Nova forward Jermaine Samuels. I have uh, Remy Martin, Paolo Bancaro, Armando Baycott, Brand- Brady Manick, Chet Holmgren, and Jalen Williams. Okay, so we have three of six the same. Guys that I was close to but left off, I Manic was one. Kyler Edwards from Houston was another. And also J.D. Note from Arkansas was, was another. Right. I, I had a split second when I was preparing for this. Uh, I, I for, for some reason, even though I came up with this idea, I forgot that we were doing six-man. So I wanted to include Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren. And I'm like, oh, who am I going to pick out of them? But I'm like, Wait, I can just do both. So nice. there you go. All right. Final four preview time. Uh, the first game on Saturday, I believe, is the Kansas Nova game. And then we have Duke UNC after that. I am just going to check the spreads and totals because I prepared this yesterday. So I just want to see if it changed or not. Um, but once I do that, we can get into it. Uh, of course, we're using DraftKings. And let's see. As of yesterday, it was the same spread for both, which was four and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. And okay. So Villanova, Kansas has stayed at four and a half, favored in, in favor of Kansas. The Duke, North Carolina has just moved to four. Instead I had it at four yesterday. So Duke is favored at four. Okay. Um, let's start with the Nova Kansas game. Uh, I guess if you want to say a little, you know, your thoughts on the on the matchup, and then at the end you can pick what you would do for the spread and the total. Which the total in that game is one thirty two and a half. Right. Um, you know, Nova was my pre tournament pick. They're uh, who I have in our pool, um, and I think that. At full strength, I'd take Nova, but not full strength. I don't know if I can. I mean, Justin Moore, as many have already know, that he tore his Achilles the very end of uh, their lead eight game against it was whoever gross. they played, uh, Houston. Yeah, so that's a brutal injury for them. Uh, as I said, he guards their best player, so – and they rely on him offensively too. I believe he averages like 14 or 15 points a game in the tournament. I mean, like, I think like 18 on the year. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough to fill that void, especially for a team that plays with like six men already. Like they're not a deep team at all. So they're really going to be scrambling from their bench. Um, but hey, Jay Wright's a, Jay Wright's a very underrated coach. And I don't know if you can say very underrated because he's pretty uh, highly touted, but um, he's a great coach and one of the best in college basketball. So uh, we'll see how what he schemes up for Kansas. Now, Kansas averages 76 points uh, per game in the tournament, only allowing 59 points per game. Um, they haven't really had – they've had – their second-round matchup was close. Not the second-round matchup. Um, sorry, their Sweet 16. Who'd they play? Kansas, you mean? Mm-hmm. They played a uh, Providence. They were right. Alive. Yeah, Providence played them tough, and I mean, I'd say 
Nova and Providence, Big East basketball, we could say kind of similar. And Nova, I'd say, is a slightly better version of Providence. However, they're not a full strength. But um, Nova played them tough – or, sorry, Providence played Kansas tough, so that could be indicative of what's going to happen here. Um, your thoughts before I give my pick on spread in total. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it two very experienced head coaches and Bill Self and Jay Wright. Uh, both made the final four. I think it was 2018. I think that's when Kansas made it as well. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, these guys, I mean, all these coaches, even Hubert Davis, I know it's his first year as a head coach or second, second or first, right? First, first, first. But he's been, he's been plenty tournament experience as a player and an assistant coach. So he definitely knows the deal. So all four of these coaches, you know, have been there a ton. Um, you know, the elephant in the room obviously is Justin Moore's injury. That's uh, it was really tough to watch. Like it just popped out of his leg. So I hope he can, uh, you know, rehab quickly and, and get healthy as soon as possible. Um, and you mentioned as well, but Kansas's defense, and I also said it earlier as well, but Kansas's defense has been much improved in the tournament, especially in the last couple of games. I mean, that Miami, especially in the second half against Miami, what they left like 15 points in the second half, I think to Miami. I think yeah, they, I that, think that were, was like it was like 47 15 that second half score was that was crazy. Right. So they really clamped down and I uh yeah, so that's pretty much all I have to say. So we can get into our picks. Yeah, I mean if, if it's first half Kansas, Nova wins, second half Kansas, Kansas wins. Second half, first, second, you mean of that game is what you get what I'm saying. Um again, I Really want to pick Nova, but with the Justin Moore injury, I'm going to take Kansas by five. Um, I kind of branch, like equated Nova to Providence earlier, and Nova's a better version of Providence. And maybe you take away Justin Moore, it's even strength, and that was a five-point game in favor of Kansas. So that's my dumb logic behind that pick. Um For the total, I'm going to go, although it's a very low under, I'm going to take the under. Um, 132 and a half. Um, yeah, Nova is a very good defensive team, only allowing 55 points each game um, per game, I mean, in the tournament. And, I mean, they're, it's going to be tough for them without Justin Moore, but I, I don't think Nova's going to lack the defensive intensity and discipline that they've had um, so far in the tournament and the whole season. Going to rely a lot on Jermaine Samuels, who I mentioned earlier and talked about. Um, also, Gillespie, too. Uh, hopefully, he'll get more involved again. Um, although, I mean, def- Kansas defense doesn't have to worry about Justin Moore, so it's going to be tough for Gillespie as well um, in the front court. Sorry, in the back court. But um, those are my two picks, Kansas minus 4.5 and, and the under 132.5. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I've said it – I think I said it to you when I was – in Pittsburgh a uh, week and or whatever it was a week and a half ago, but I'm just not a fan of taking underdogs to the spread in, in basketball, especially when it's like a, f- yeah. you know, a single digit spread like that. Um, I think you're just better off taking the money line if you actually believe in the team. So especially in March madness, when the unpredictable becomes, you know, common, but uh, I'm, I have the same thing as you Kansas minus five, uh, four and a half in the under. Nova's burned with the under in this tournament. Yeah, I, you remember when we went to the game and we saw them against Ohio State, I even altered the spread uh, down and I took the over. 
mm-hmm. and they were one point away and it, it cost me like 30 bucks. So um, that's stuck. That's ingrained in my mind. And I'm just, <laughs> and especially that Houston game too. I mean, 94 points. Now they're losing one yeah. of their a top three scorer on their team for this game. And, and if they make the national championship, so I'm just, uh, I'm not too high on their offense in this game. I think I could see it being like, a, I don't know trying to give a score prediction here but like 72 to 59 or something like that it's gonna be that much of a it's gonna be that big yeah i think i think kansas wins kind of handily not handedly but like controls the game yeah and control the game eight eight to ten points something like that okay okay it's a shame because i did so many bracketology predictions you know throughout the regular season i kind of you know lonardi you know, update, updates it like probably twice a week in like January and February. And I would always just do a mock prediction of what I would do. And I picked Kansas to win in so many of them. And then I just didn't do it. I mean, I, I picked them to go to the championship. I had UCLA and Kansas, but mm-hmm. you know, I wish I could have just maybe stuck to my guns because I did pick them a lot in there. So, oh, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Duke UNC, like I said, first time playing in the NCAA tournament ever. Uh, what do you think in here? It's going to be a great, great game. Um, start with UNC. We talked about two of their players so far, Armando Baycott and Brady Manick. And making my all-tournament team, you can make a case they have four players on that team. Um, the two big men, Baycott and Manick, we, both, we talked about both of them. Um, their their backcourt and RJ Davis and Caleb Love. I mean, RJ Davis averages 14 points a game in this tournament. Caleb Love with 18 points a game. Um, both of them have 30 point performances. Um, it's it's this team is tough. This they're it's going to be a a lot for for Duke to guard. I mean, they have three guys that could go for 30, and Davis, Love, and Manic and Baycott can go for 20. Consistently goes for 20 pretty much, and is a menace on the boards. Um, like those four guys combined for, uh, 70 points a game in the tournament, which that's tough. Like they really, really good scores all around. And I mean, they have a bunch of other good, a few other good players too. It's not even like they're, they rely solely on these four. Like, I don't know. Leaky black is a fun name. Um, so UNC has been playing incredible this tournament. Um, 95, they're trending downward looking at this here now, but 95 points, 93 points, 73 points, 69 points uh, from the first round to the Elite Eight. That's an average of 82 and a half per game, only allowing 66 points per game, um, excluding the uh, crazy barrel game. They've only like allowed 63, 66, and 49. So their average winning margin is 16 and a half uh, in this tournament. They really impressed me. They come in as an eight seed, so good underdog story. Um, Duke, average close to 80 points a game. That's 79.7 um, scoring, allowing 69 points. So they have a winning margin of, of average of 10 for the four tournament games. Um, I didn't think Duke would make it this far. Neither did you. Um, although this is Coach K's last magical run, um, I feel like they weren't a very popular pick. No one in our in our tournament challenge of the 51 entries picked Duke, so I thought that was kind of surprising. 
and yeah the, the public was oddly uh out on duke i guess you could say i don't know the the numbers of the whole country but um they shocked some people i think it's i think march destined us like the destiny of march madness had these two face in coach k's last run um it's a cool story where do you stand on on duke do you dislike them do you are you indifferent uh well whenever they these two teams play i always find myself rooting for the tar heels okay is it because their jersey their uniform no i just always did for some reason i never i don't know like i kind of like north carolina Mm -hmm. so and i don't know i i think the winner of this game is going to win the whole thing it's going to be close um, but I, I think Duke minus four is where I'm going. It just, I don't know. It's, it's really tough. That was, I struggled with this one a little bit more. Um, and I mean, spoiler, I'm also going to go with the under just because it's too high of a number. Um, I think both these, I mean, you know, it's the final four Duke UNC. These guys are going to be, you know, ratcheting up the intensity of the defense, but I just think, yeah, what, what is it, 151, I think? Yep. That's too high. Too high for me. I got the over. Okay. Um, is this going to be like our uh, – what was the NFL – the playoff game? Was it the 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 Bills-Chiefs one that you're like, that's too many points, but then you run the numbers and I don't know. I mean, if you go off their points four – well, I was going to be I was going to be right in that Chiefs Bills game and then all of a sudden but then the Chiefs Bills happened. Yeah. So, um I mean you you go off their points for the average um a combined I think, about 160. Um again they're playing against each other which they have pretty good defenses. Um I think there's just going to be a lot of firework. Like, I just think there's going to be scoring. I think it's going to be fast-paced and played a lot of intensity offensively. I just, I guess I just viewed it on the, the opposite as you did. Um, my pick is UNC plus four. And I think I'm going to bet on it. I mean, it's a really tough game. It, I, I really, really hard to pick. Um, just, bet, just bet money line. Yeah. I, I will bet UNC money line. Um, Cause as I said, I just, just looking at the, just looking at their, the guys they have, I, they're just, I think a more balanced team. Um, yeah, it is tough, but just, you got so many guys that you, you, you can't game plan to take out one because then, you know, their other, other three can, are very, uh, capable of going off. And that's, that's just really, really hard to defend. So, um, yeah, if I had to lean one way, I'm going to go UNC money line. Yeah. I just, I like I said, I think either of these teams beat Kansas or Nova. I agree. I think I might put a future out on UNC to win it all then. Yeah, might as well. What are the odds on that? I'll check. Yeah, they, yeah, team futures, there it is. Five to one. Plus 500? Yep. Duke is the favorite at plus 155, Kansas plus 185, Nova plus 450, 
UNC plus 500. I would love that Nova one. If, I mean, it wouldn't be the same if Justin Moore was playing or just wasn't hurt, but. You can do an exact outcome. Duke to beat Kansas, Kansas beat Duke, Kansas to beat North Carolina, Duke to beat Nova. I just like UNC. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. UNC to beat Kansas. That's what I'm liking. But I I guess I could hedge myself because like I'm also gonna be rooting for Nova because if they I I come in second, you know, they're my pick. And if they come in second, I win. I win. So we'll see. Interesting stuff. Can't yeah. wait to see how it plays out. Yep. Um yeah, it's gonna be gonna be fun. I, I'm I'm thinking these games will be especially the Duke UNC game. I'm I was torn on that one. So it's gonna be close. Yeah. All right. Any closing remarks before we sign off here today? Uh I don't. Happy March. Happy end of March. March is gonna be over before these games start. Yep. Like I said at the beginning, it came fast and, you know, it's almost over. So, sad stuff. Yeah. All right, folks. Um, yeah, stay tuned for the winner of the Hogline Podcast Tournament Challenge of this year. Um, could be Jack coming in second. First, we'll be getting $410, and second, we'll be getting 100 And, um, yeah, good luck to everyone still in it. And even if you're not in our pool, good luck if you're in another pool and you're still in the running. We're, we're pulling for you. Um, Jack and I think we'll be talking some NFL next episode, and there's a ton to catch up on. So, you know, it's going to be a loaded episode next time. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I don't yep. anything else. So follow us on Instagram at Hogline Podcast or TikTok at Hogline Podcast. We'll catch you next week with another episode. See you.